When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> are we Are we singing the, it felt like you were going into the like Kanye West good morning. Uh. Uh, you know, I, um. I'm uh, as much as I can appreciate the music of Mr. West. I feel that maybe <laughs> he's not an example that I should be attempting. Maybe to he do. should have graduated instead of dropping in. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Maybe he should have actually. Yeah. Any anyone who sort of like goes on record talking about how much they love a, a, a certain German dictator, historically speaking, is probably not someone that we really want to emulate here on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Graduation's a hell of an album, though. Graduation's one album. <laughs> you know what? Uh, someone told me today on on our last week's video. Uh, they right. responded to my comments. So they were asking for the, the solo film deck list, right? Yeah. For that tournament we were talking about last week. I linked it in the last episode and they go, you know, I'm so grateful that you sent this to me. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to put on Spotify and mute my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, fucking baller. <laughs> Shout out to you. Yeah, yeah our, our lovely uh, listener whose whose name is currently escaping me. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <clears throat> that's hilarious. That's fucking great. And also, here's another response because we don't. I don't think we respond to the shit we get in the last episode enough in this podcast. That is a joke. Uh, <laughs> the the amount of people who who feel like maybe they trumped me with, well, Ian, minotaurs minute, are yes. I was ready to come into this episode. We we kind of get off into the Kanye thing. Um, I was very prepared to go into this episode as a deep fan of Greek mythology and be like, no, that is not what minotaurs are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Boy, is that That's not, not how it works. Yeah. And also, statistically speaking, minotaurs as far as my understanding, are described as hybrids of man and bull. Um, I don't know if you know anything about bulls v. cow, <laughs> you you pedants, <laughs> but cows be female. So, eat that. And that's... It's also, it's also very important to note that, um, you know, minotaurs 
when when they when they talk about bull, there's like a very specific thing that a minotaur describes. Like a minotaur is not like think about. Do you remember the animated Disney movie Home on the Range? I am not. I'm pulling a deep cut. Uh, yeah, as far but, as but, I'm aware, is the isn't that the one where? Oh no, I'm thinking of Songs of the South. Never mind. I was like, isn't no, that the no, one that no, that's not okay? Go look okay. up Home on the Range. Mm-hmm. There, the the, <clears throat> the main characters in that movie are three female cows, and mm-hmm. uh, or actually, here's an even better one: Barnyard, right? Otis from Barnyard. That mm-hmm. is a cow folk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very distinctly not a minotaur. Uh, okay. We are like creating this lore on the mind sculptors, uh, <laughs> about uh, what a cow folk is. Yeah. And uh, I really hope that somehow we can make this like, make this want, like a, a wear cow scenario, you know, a wear like, cow scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when one wear cow bites you, you turn into a wear cow, <laughs> you turn into a cow. And so whenever yeah, the, the but like no, when, I, whenever I the milk to... comes by, you turn into a cow. I just want the the furry community to be able to be like, man, why am I turned on by this cow? You know, what I mean, that's kind of where I want the wear cow to be. You know, <laughs> like I don't want it to just be a cow. I want it to be like, you know, like like a hot dog you know, cow. <laughs> like a what? A hot dog cow. What is a hot dog cow? No, 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 no. A hot, <laughs> oh. as an attractive. No, they don't dog, have to be dog. As dog. No, oh. no, 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 no. It doesn't have to be dog. Like furries are not dog exclusive, and if they are, maybe they see a professional. Feel like they are, uh, generally canine. Uh, I don't. Know. I feel like a lot of the the common furries that like, especially the ones that sort of like get away with it, are like cat people. You know what I mean? I had a friend back in. I think I think maybe choosing the phrase "get away with it" sounds a little rude, and I don't mean to come off that way. It's not a crime to be a furry; it's just a preference, I guess. (laughs) Cal disagrees. Tomato, tomato, Uh, (laughs) tomato, tomato, furry, furry. (laughs) Oh my goodness! Uh, Welcome to the episode. This is the Mind Sculptors Podcast. Welcome to the first where we. Give you the 411, the deep, riveting information on Mm -hmm. the small, distinctual differences between the mythical creature Minotaur and the theoretical creature type in magic, Cowfolk. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amen. This is the hard hitting journalistic integrity of the Mind Sculptors podcast. And Very honestly, true. if we're being if we're being completely honest, is it that different than what the New York Times uh, <laughs> journalists do? <laughs> yeah, this is. Here, I think this is a good place to plant our flag. We're no different than the New York Times. Yeah, we're just, we are we're, just as Grant. Listen, there are some writers for the New York Times uh-huh, uh-huh. who are on a planet that is not Earth, and. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but that is that's that's probably its own own bit. Uh, so we were at Mox Masters over the weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really great to see a lot of people uh in person to uh 
uh, get to play some games in person over the weekend and watch Miri just jump on top of Ian. Mm-hmm. It was the cutest thing That's I think cool. I've seen all day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was uh, fun to get out there. Fun to finally meet Ryan in person for the first time, which I think is wild. Wait, like, really? I feel like I, I, yeah, I've never, I've literally never been in the same place as Ryan until this weekend. Mm, uh, that's, um, that's wild to me, actually. Yeah, it is. We both have been like supposed to go to the same event mm-hmm. mean, multiple times. And then I either say, him of all or the I would. Our members, Ryan has like randomly missed a bunch of events yep. throughout the years. So like, yeah. Uh, but it was good to see him. Good to mm-hmm. finally uh meet up with some folks that I haven't seen in a while or just haven't seen before and uh mm-hmm. also not lose a lot of magic yeah i didn't say win mm-hmm. but we, we did didn't we specifically didn't lose yeah. a lot of magic yeah yeah it's <laughs> one of those weekends uh yeah ian you were in the invitational mm-hmm and uh, you had a much different experience in the Invitational than I had. Yeah, in yeah. The Invitational was um, disappointing. Uh, personally, I just had like a lot of situations where, like, <clears throat> I don't know. It, in if you go to an event like an Invitational, like it's an invite only event, right? Because you have to like earn a spot. Um, right. You kind of expect not to be in situations where, like people blatantly throw the game or just like make extremely obvious suboptimal plays or like go for win attempts when it's very clear that that is not a good move and you don't have any backup or counter magic or any shit like that. It's just like, right. You expect people not to just, just jam it at bad times when it's like obvious that that doesn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that happened to me literally every round. <laughs> uh, so like even the round I won, I had to stop someone just making the absolute, deepest clown town plays you know what i mean like it it was just like uh, the quality of play was rather disappointing for a premier tournament um and i just had to like watch as like good players king made other players without like really much thought and i was like okay that's really sure i don't know why it keeps happening over and over again but i guess this is where we're at with this tournament right like um yeah it was it was definitely one of the more disappointing tournaments I've been to in in very recent memory, for sure. Yeah, it was kind of interesting doing the metagame breakdown <laughs> analysis of it uh, mm-hmm. to look at some of the deck choices yep. that were made. Yeah. Um, it, I definitely it was, thought there would be like more blue farm in the open. Yeah, I did too. I thought there the was going to be. Side. Yeah, I yeah. thought the invitational was going to be way more meta decks than it ended mm-hmm. up being. Yeah. And it ended up being like a lot of fringe decks. Yeah. Uh, uh I wouldn't say a lot. I think there there was a handful of fringe decks with I mean with, half of half of the field was fringe decks. Hmm. So about uh, literally about half of the field was fringe decks and half of the field was uh you know made up by Tivit, Thras Bruce, Kinnon, Rogsai, Thras Vile. Dargo, Thras, Atraxa, and Timnacrom. Mm. And then the I'm other half. Why? I do not really know how to read this graph that you've put in front of me. It is very confusing. <laughs> uh so oh, all the T- way at the end. Oh, entries. Okay. There yeah, we yeah, go. Yeah. Right, and, yeah, yeah. Entries, and then you have a meta <laughs> percentage, which is, you know, how many there were next to it. But if you look at it, I mean it's like a pretty even split between yeah. like uh 
I'm meta decks uh, and some more off the wall decks. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised uh, Sisse only had one person show up with it. Yeah, I was also very surprised by that. Uh, Sisse was a deck. Najila that, too. Yeah, Najila was under. Now, if you look at the opens, uh, oh, stats, so many Najilas. Najila yeah, yeah. was the deck in the open, and mm-hmm. uh, it it performed really well, won the whole tournament. But, but uh, I, I think it would also go uh, for for those who are not like directly in the loop on what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, so the Mox Masters Invitational was uh, the invite tournament that you won points for uh, throughout the year, right? And this was all invited players who had uh, earned X amount of points either through the Playing With Power League or the Mox Masters tournaments. And it was all people who had gotten enough points to qualify for it. There was also a last chance qualifier the day before. Um, the CEDH yeah. Open was just, hey, we're in the same building. This is for people who haven't qualified or, you know, just like don't want to do the lcq right like so there were definitely a lot of people in the open it wasn't just like all people who didn't it was bigger it was 68 68 <clears throat> yeah so it wasn't like just people who didn't make the invitation it was also people who were like weren't there for the invitation you know what i mean so right. like i know like you participated, <laughs> right like it was just people who wanted to be in this, a tournament space and knew that this was a big one in the midwest right so yeah <clears throat> so that that's also like just a little important aspect to it um there were also people who went for the last chance qualifier, didn't make it and played the open as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and it, it is important to note that I did do a full open and invitational uh, metagame breakdown between the two of them and mm-hmm. put them together to just see what was played between the two overall. Yeah. And I did specifically leave out the LCQ because of the fact that it was a qualifier. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that is one important note that if you are on Twitter, you see my breakdowns. That is part of the explanation as to why that Dan, is. You and, you and Scotty just draws for days. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I uh, went oh two and 3 over the weekend. Yeah. And uh, my, my two that I lost were quite close to being drawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just like, one of those days, like literally every game that I played, I made a win attempt. Yep. It was narrowly stopped. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, cool, not lose, not lose, not lose, yep. not lose. And uh, that was that was how my day went. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, so I went one, two and two. Um, so I had two draws. Uh, one of them was an intentional draw, which I sort of talked the table into. Uh, and then. So that wasn't like a actually there, there was only one draw that I had that was like we went to time, time. right? Yeah. Um but the yeah, that that round five loss. I mean you you've already heard about it a little bit, but the It was a uh, tough one. Yeah, for sure. So I was on a win and in. Um I basically had someone go for a win attempt when it didn't make sense to do so, and that fed my opponent with Aristic Sevy and Esper Sentinel enough counter magic to exactly stop my win for my win and in, and then they won the turn after me. Yep. So that one was that one was probably the hardest the hit because one, yeah. I was definitely like, if I won that match, I was in I was in top sixteen and in a really good seating. <laughs> so yeah. it was interesting because I was like <clears throat> looking at the the stats and it was like pretty conceivable that a one win with like a handful of draws would get in if mm-hmm. it was like depending on how your breakers went. Right. Um, so there was like. It was it was very interesting to yeah. to kind of see how because these were around sixty players, mm-hmm. uh, the 
and it was seven rounds for the open five for the invitational that like it made it so less wins would get you far yes uh yeah i mean so i went win one two and two and i was in 20th place or something like that yeah so it definitely is like not the not the craziest thing you know yeah but uh overall it was uh interesting there were some interesting decks that were played uh if you have not heard malcolm kettis is what won the Mm -hmm. entire tournament was the only this is this is an interesting thing about malcolm kettis because I noticed this when I was compiling uh, the data for uh, our uh, what is it our power rankings video for next week, and I I it's the second month in a row where Malcolm Kettis is performing quite well, but mm-hmm. can't meet the ten deck threshold. And like over a course of a month, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. interesting to me that a deck like this, um, that is pretty consistently performing well, is not getting more attention than it it's really it, it's could doing be. the Kinnon thing though. Like I think it's for for a long time. Oh my god, I can finally remember his name. Igo Vinko. I was trying to remember all weekend. Uh mm-hmm. Igo Vinko was absolutely just slapping tournaments with Kinnon, like for for like almost a year and a half and everybody was like just not picking up on the joke right like he was just right. absolutely dominating with that deck and like people were like okay yeah Kenan's a thing right so then i think what happens is is that people who aren't comfortable with the deck in the same way that samurai dancer is pick it up play it and it's just not not singing the right tune you know mm-hmm. and so then they just put it away because they perceive it as this kind of fringe deck um now do i think it's like the hottest deck in the format right now no do I think it's, you know, a deck that can compete at the highest levels? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels like a deck that deserves a spot in the, like, 10, Analysis. right? Like, yeah, it, it yeah. definitely feels like a deck that should be considered as one of the better decks in the format because of the fact that it's, like, pretty consistent. It, yeah. it I think I really like that comparison to Kinnon. It really does feel like the, like, kind of is it Kinnon almost. Oh yeah, but uh, literally when I the first time I topped with this deck, I called it Bad Ginnon. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really interesting. I I like this a lot. I I I'm still kind of in the whole struggling to uh, embrace it phase of existence, uh, mm-hmm. which is you know just kind of where I'm at uh, because it it is so different than most things and even the winning deck list there's like a little decision trees with part includes where i'm like i don't know that i would do it that way mm-hmm. um so you know it's it, it's fascinating to see exactly how that all goes like long term deck that yeah. i really want to talk about that i was very like interested in was another one of the uh final four decks and that was uh crook silas by richie mm-hmm. uh, that was really cool to see make it as far as it did we were just talking about this deck too which was what was mm-hmm. really neat about it um if anything was I, I literally played it the, the the night in between i literally was yeah. just like having a couple of drinks playing games with folks and richie walked by and i was like richie let me borrow your deck and i played it 
lost six coin flips in a row and then uh it was like i don't get this deck all right <laughs> <laughs> but hey it works worked out for richie pretty well um yeah yeah yeah, I, I definitely think that there is something there with Kark. I think that Kark Sakashima might not be the deck that we want it to be, but I think Kark and some of these other partners might have a little yeah. bit more merit than we we give them mm-hmm. credit for. And and I, I look forward to hearing about how other people try that, for sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, one also, another interesting deck that uh, did top 16 was a deck that finished at 16th, uh, but it is one that you and I have both been foaming at the mouth to build for weeks now and that's yidris maelstrom wander uh, uh didn't al finish 16th uh no i have kevin simmons al is hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Where did Al think? I, I'm looking at the actual bracket page. He, from he, the oh, excuse me. 15th. 15th. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kevin's there. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Cody. I uh, missed you. Uh, but yeah, Yidris there at 15th. Uh, yeah. You know, this was a deck that you and I have been talking about. It's not doing all of the things that we've talked about, uh, but it's really cool. And it plays mm-hmm. Song of Creation. We talked to Kevin about it a little bit over the weekend. Yeah uh yeah because kevin came running up to us and was like hey he was like nice <laughs> i got uh, <laughs> i was so excited to see it i really genuinely was yeah uh, i also did not realize who kevin was until i was leaving the tournament and i was like oh you're kevin I know you. Yeah, yeah yeah uh so kevin if you're listening uh <laughs> sorry i did not pick up on who you were contextually sooner <laughs> Yeah, there are a lot of people that if you don't tell me who you are on mm-hmm, Twitter yeah. or Discord, I'm going to be like, hi. Yes. Cool. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what, were, what were some of the decks that you were like really impressed with? Over the weekend? I mean, come on, let's let's talk about this Yidris deck a little longer, right? Like, I feel this, like we're really just very. I, I, I really want to address a particular card that is in this deck, and that is Inevitable Betrayal. Yeah. I think it's fucked fucking love this yeah. what are your thoughts on this yidris list overall like what are what do you think of it um i it's it breaks my heart because no one will ever let me play this deck <laughs> <laughs> i just don't ever think anyone will let me have fun like this <laughs> well it's fine I want it. I'll, I'll build it and i'll be the one to have the fun for the both of us yeah uh, um i don't love the the necro lines it feels like very anti yidris right mm-hmm. um to me at least uh but like 
also it's just very clean that's like my mm-hmm. one like i think disappointment with this deck is that like a lot mm-hmm. of it feels like oh yeah yidris is for sure there but this definitely feels like a a proactive grixis list that also like sometimes pretends to be a yidris deck you know what i mean yeah um something i think that's necessarily bad right like i think that's like a smart way to build it. i was a little surprised by no balls of citadel um, i was also surprised by like no harmonic prodigy something mm-hmm. like that like those are things that like so harmonic prodigy this is in the rules text for yidris but if yidris deals like double strike or mm-hmm. double triggers it oh, yeah, does yeah. give your spells two instances of cascade yeah i just don't think that's like the problem with yidris the problem with yidris is like making the thing happen right i think one yeah. connect with yidris usually just wins you the game i think it's more the True. issue of like will people let you do that <laughs> that's fair um, I, I also think that not playing stuff like Summer Bloom or mm-hmm. Exploration is maybe a miss. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think I think my favorite though, Yidris card is missing from here, which, which is one Compost. Is compost, yeah. I think Compost is so sick in Yidris. I, I definitely, well, I think Compost is just kind of generally good. But, um, yeah, <laughs> but like uh, one of the things with like, exploration and summer bloom is mm-hmm. post nas they are exceptionally good. yeah uh, because you can now turn the lands that are generally in nas decks kind of just there as filler mm-hmm. into like very like usable mana it's a ritual and, right yeah. yeah like they turn into rituals and so i mm-hmm. think that there's definitely something there that i i like that a little bit more than i like necro maybe mm-hmm. uh and so i think that might kind of go i it, this this kind of goes back to the whole like exploring what green brings to the table mm-hmm. in these like uh grixis mm-hmm. shells yep. and i really feel like that like hey you can play it like explore mm-hmm. or uh exploration and summer bloom like those cards yeah. are the things that i think make green nas decks interesting, interesting. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I can actually see exploration like slapping in this deck. I mean, 25 lands is definitely like I, I, the counter argument that I'm already hearing from people. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's really interesting. I mean, I, I, I truly love Yidris. Um, but I, and, yeah, I, I, I guess I would, <clears throat> this is what I would say to the people who will give the counter argument for the 25 lands thing mm-hmm. with exploration. Y'all you play right of like you can't look me in the face, tell me Rite of Flame is better than Exploration and a Nas deck. Like we are not talking about these cards on the I am just playing them every turn. We're talking about them post now. Your Nas deck is generally speaking looking to play these cards post. Like um, I don't I, I think I'm gonna disagree with you on that one. I feel like Rite of Flame specifically for the like turn one talisman curve is actually extremely important. Yeah, um, that's that's at least my personal experience with with yeah. uh, playing this archetype. No, sure. now imagine though, going uh, land exploration, land right of flame talisman. Well, I mean, to to be clear, right, like playing exploration is doing the same thing that right of flaming into a talisman is, right? Yeah. Like, which is just like converting mm-hmm. to oh, I have another land next turn, or I have another consistent mana source right which is what the talisman conversion does right so <clears throat> it's different but it, it does the same effect you know yeah and that that's mostly what i'm kind of getting mm-hmm. at 
maybe worded that poorly, but um, I, I think that, and, and also again, I do think that the post NAS part of it is like a mm-hmm. huge benefit mm-hmm. that makes it worth playing. Um, but overall, Crimson, specifically, very much post NAS, very good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah but um, I mean, congrats to Kevin for for taking. Those sort yeah. of rock mods that thrown out, and then just also showing up to like this kind of big tournament and being like, "Nah, fuck it, we ball." <laughs> like, like there's a good amount of prizing on the line of the here, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna bring the absolutely untested spice." Like, let's let's go, let's fucking go, boys. Uh, yeah, I really like it. I'm a big fan. Uh, definitely going to be taking this as maybe my light. Kevin, I'm going to let you know right now, I'm probably going to use the skeleton of your deck uh, <laughs> for my version of this because uh, it's a it's a nice it's a nice solid 99. I like yeah. a lot of it. I, uh, I also think maybe we should put a, a picture of the deck uh, up as we as we go through this recording, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Here, here's, here's the other one we got to talk about. OK, we talked about. Edric. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Edric. LJ is LJ is a fucking madman. <laughs> I love LJ. Ha, ha, okay. Was 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 that ever in like question? Uh LJ is like madman mad status. This is this is a whole new level. LJ has been a fucking baller for a long time, right? But this is uh, so. For those who don't know, uh, LJ took the craziest fucking pile to the top sixteen and. Basically, LJ's been playing Edric forever. Like, he used to play Flash Hulk Edric that had yep. uh, Azuri and Sage of Hours and six or five zero drop creatures. Yeah. <sighs> and would take infinite turns with Flash. Like, that's, that's how that deck would win. Uh, we were actually talking about it over the weekend. He was like, Yeah, honestly, I would use Flash more defensively than anything else. And I was like, That's the craziest <laughs> the entire world. But, uh, y'all, so this deck plays subtlety. <laughs> yeah this is like secret commanders kinnon thrasios edric <laughs> like yeah this is definitely one where i uh, explaining it will merely just be a fraction of the understanding so like definitely put a picture of this on the screen because this is crazy like uh, so i played this deck um the the night between the same night i played the grixis flips list mm-hmm because I, I played against LJ in the Swiss and he went and curved Kinnon into Seedborn Muse into Thrasios in our game. And I was like, LJ, what the fuck are you playing? <laughs> and it, as the game ended, he goes, oh man, I was one turn away from Basalt Monolith. And I said, excuse me? <laughs> uh, yeah. So It's really yeah, hard to do this deck justice because it's really a wild pile of cards. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and it was interesting. We were talking to LJ about this over the weekend. Yeah, is he gave you some very specific advice on how to play this deck when you were playing it? Um, and what was that advice? Uh, the advice was literally like do nothing. <laughs> like I don't know how to describe it other than like literally do nothing. Um, yeah, like literally, we were going through the game. I, I like was kept an opening hand that was like nothing turn one fairy mastermind turn two like and it just it, i don't know like I, I it might have just been like a we were all drinking at like <laughs> midnight kind of thing but mm-hmm. like i don't know it just it kept 
being in a good spot, right? And I would pass on every spell that wasn't winning the game and maybe even some that were winning the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually I played Edric, drew like two cards and like I I got there with infinite mana. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening with this deck? This deck is like, LJ's been playing this deck for like you, like you said, since Flash Hulk's been around. Yeah. He played it in the MLC, did really well with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it is, he, he's done well with us at other events too. Like this is mm-hmm. not a, a new phenomena for LJ yeah. to play this deck and have success. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think more people should Im- like try to maybe not write it off. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I think like even myself, right. Like I, I look at this and I'm like, oh, it's just LJ. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, truly though, it, it has seen pretty consistent success in the hands of LJ and yes, LJ is very good at what he does, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're, he's got going to be the only one to do well with it. Right. Like I think there right. is definitely more here. We're seeing that green blue is very, very, very good right now. Um, yeah. So I definitely would encourage people to, you know, maybe not write this off. I, I do got to say the subtlety in this list is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really like that include. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what to say <laughs> about this deck. It is. It's something else. Yeah, it, it, it really, really is. is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a very like proactive deck. Uh, in the sense of like, it's just stuffed full of combos. It's got like all the old combos too, which is like the weirdest part for mm-hmm. me about this list. But like, I, 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 yeah, I don't even know how to describe what <laughs> what we're looking at here. Like, I, I, folks at home, just like go go take a peek. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Like, go take a peek. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's something. It's something. <laughs> now, outside of the Invitational at the Open, yeah, uh, there were two interesting uh pieces here with this first of all mm-hmm. our good friend and your partner uh lewis stardust mm-hmm. uh made top 16 with paco and halden mm-hmm. which proud, was very... really great um lewis so much better than they give herself credit for or mm-hmm. themselves credit for wow i really mm-hmm. mixed pronouns there. yeah you, you really uh, beat that one <laughs> but uh like they are a much better player than they give themselves credit for. And Mm -hmm. they came out and did really well. And Mm -hmm. like first top 16. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the uh, deck. We talked about it a lot the night before. Mm -hmm. uh, And we're kind of like stressing on different includes and things like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. After, after you guys all went to bed, I, also stayed up with her and just like went over deck stuff for sure oh yeah like yeah <laughs> um so as far as this deck and like some of the deck like deck includes and it explained some of what this deck is doing for people who might not be familiar with Paco and Holden. oh yeah i mean so Paco and Holden is just like uh it, it, to me it's like archetypal mid-range right like it is 100 mm-hmm. percent you get Paco down uh, you get Holden down the idea is just like rip cards off of everybody's deck and eventually take control of the game um like there's a lot of a lot of misnomers about this deck uh Mm -hmm. specifically a lot of people are like oh it's a voltron deck you want to kill people with the dog which is like true but like not also not way that you're gonna like 
aggro people, right? Not like, true in the way you think it is. Yeah, it's it, it does not ever like try and do the attack dog strategy, ironically enough, where mm-hmm. you like latch onto one person and like try and just dead them, right? That's actually actively bad for the deck because you want more people in the game to give you more cards, right? right. Um, so the idea is you sort of like spread damage out until Paco is just like a one hit kill machine. And then you're like, okay, maybe now, maybe now I start killing people or I just start attacking into somebody who has blockers, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, um, but yeah, Lou has done a lot of work on the archetype. So uh, it's the deck I won the MLC with. It is. Um, the original OG MLC. And so it was a deck I sort of took over as my old co-host from CDH cast. Braden originated the list. Um, I sort of took it over when they stopped playing the format. Um, and then it was a list I sort of put down for a little bit as as my like tournament grinder arc started getting really intense, right? Um, and basically because like it's it's a deck where it's like it's very easy for people to overestimate it in my hands and be like, oh, dog big must kill Ian. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I agree, but sure. Uh, <laughs> and then so that's that's sort of why I left it. And then uh, Lou and I were talking about decks a while ago, looking at decks for uh, them to pick up on Scrybabies. And that was one of the decks they're interested in. I was like, hey, I literally have a list on the database. Like, let's go. There you go. <laughs> um, and they've really been championing it. Yeah, yeah. The past three tournaments, I want to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Kicking ass, taking names. Uh, the deck's sick. Lou's also done a lot of the, like, a lot of the stuff in the deck that is, like, <clears throat> casual staples that are actually just logical choices in the deck. Yeah. That I was, like, when I worked on it forever ago, I was really heavy on the breach package. So, Lou's, Lou's gone back to the season's past loops and wants to work on the breach package, but doesn't, like... The breach fact package feels like it's the worst part of the deck at all times, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, uh, so for me, it's very comfortable, but like, I know, like executing that loop in a tournament setting is not something Lou is a big fan of. So they took it out, and they're looking at playing it again, but not currently. Right. Right, so right now, there's just unroll breach in the deck. No brain freeze. No LED. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like if I were to sleeve the deck up, I would have that in there. But I, I also understand the choice to not do so. Right. right. Um. So currently the season's pass loops are what Lou is using. For those who don't know, you need a top deck tutor or actually any instant sorcery tutor. Uh, you need an extra turn effect and you need season's pass. The idea is that you cast the extra turn. Uh, you use the instant sorcery tutor to go get your season's pass. You cast season's pass, pick up the tutor, pick up the extra turn effect. Season's pass gets tucked into your library as part of the resolution of the spell. It's a 12 mana loop. Now it might sound ridiculous. You're like, wait, 12 mana loop. That's a lot of stuff. Uh, fun fact, Paco and Holden it does not care. You you are literally taking everybody's land drops. You never miss land drops with this deck. Uh, and the, most You're also of the deck in like, Teamer, which is like maybe yeah. the best at making a lot of mana. Yeah, it is like the mana colors for sure. And it's actually really easy to execute the loop. Uh, way easier than I think a lot of people would expect. Also, like think about how many pieces of fast mana you're taking from your opponents every time you right. like go through and rip cards off your deck, right? So. Um, no, I mean, the deck is sick. I love it. Uh, I'm really proud of Lua for absolutely killing the game with the deck. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just all sweet stuff, um, yeah. for sure. It's it's uh, really cool. I love the include of winged boots. I think that's a really fun oh, winged boots. Include. You can you can thank Shapers for that one way back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that include. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the night before we were talking a little bit about lightning greaves and how lightning greaves kind of feels like it mid yeah yeah as mid uh that's a card that i I remember i said this in the event and i i I think i still kind of hold this 
Because mm-hmm. I think I would rather that be a sword. So like a sword of fire and ice or like yeah. one of those. Because it it like does gives it some protection and then also mm-hmm. does a thing. Um, which I think I, is kind yeah, of I don't what know that the list on here is actually correct, if I'm mm-hmm. being honest. Uh because I think the lightning grooves was taken out. Yeah. So I, I think there was an error with the deck list. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm uh because those were I like I literally watched Lua update the deck yeah uh in live time and for some reason it did not copy over even though we updated it 11 p.m the night before so there's a couple cards that were in the main deck that might not be on those deck lists because I, I broke down the decks last night let me um, look at her her list yeah. though it's not hold on i don't know where the error occurred but there was an error for sure <laughs> <clears throat> but uh yeah well regardless uh some some good stuff in there i do still kind of think that one of the swords is probably worth thinking about. Um, another, the other thing that I wanted to talk about with this top 16 of mm-hmm. at the open was the long awaited return of Winota Joiner of Forces to yeah. top 16 greatness. Uh, yeah. Winota spanked me. And, uh, oh, yeah. Wh- oh, yeah. I got utterly annihilated by, uh, we were we were very close to a draw, but it was just uh like <laughs> one of those games where the entire game was just putting out fires and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was all fires that Winota had started yeah, and yeah. it was impossible to deal with. And we I mean we had a rog side player at the deck or at the table, so they were just not doing anything to, you know, aid in the not dying mm-hmm. effort. Um, and then uh, the other <laughs> player was on uh, Rocco, mm-hmm. so it, it was just one of those situations where I was put in a position where my job at the table was to make sure we don't die, and mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. so much of that you can do in a game. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, when Noda is back, I don't know that this is like a huge return. But yeah, uh, like like Winona's back in the way that like I don't know if Winona's back, but like hopefully you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, this list made some interesting uh, choices playing stuff like Lena, Aura touched Mage, uh, you know. So uh, I will comment thoughts? on Lena. Lena is a card that we should have been playing forever ago. Uh, yeah, if I'm being honest, Lena's just really really good and definitely was like a a very silly exclusion for a long time. Uh, the card is a creator of Thin White. Yeah, I it, it quite literally like when it came down, we were just yeah. like, oh, they're like what the only literally the only thing that we can do to beat this is a board wipe and yep, um, but yeah, it, it it it's pretty neat. What were your thoughts on this list and its performance? Um, yeah, I I, I am surprised <laughs> by it. Um, I. Yeah, it's it's definitely a it's a weird deck in the sense that like it's going deeper into the stuff that I already think Winota has a problem with, right? Like You're I, right. I, I for me, a lot of my like current iteration of the deck is like building in more protective pieces and like stuff like that. Um, so we don't just like lose to certain players, uh and and you know, so we don't aren't wholly reliant on Winota. But this one is just absolutely every conceivable 
enabler and card is just like in the deck to create that early consistent game plan right one thing i'll say is i got a pretty early uh graph diggers gauge down against it and it just Mm -hmm. did not fucking matter because it was just like okay cool here's like here's a morale and like a trillion uh Mm -hmm. and like a bunch of like freaking soldiers deal with that and you're like all right i I guess i die um interesting yeah yeah, morale's been one that was like really interesting because it's like it feeds the ever living hell out of a dockside, yeah. right? Um, but then there's also the counter argument of like, does that matter? Yeah, I I think day? I'm now at the point with dockside with the whole feeding dockside debate of yeah. everybody's feeding a dockside and it's gonna get fed no matter what. And I think mm-hmm. not playing good cards because you don't want to feed a dockside is playing yeah. to lose. I agree in the sense of i i don't want to be so hyper focused on that reality that i end up um that i end up in a scenario where you know we are basically like how do i put this i i, I just don't want to get screwed yeah. right like i don't want to get screwed by it right and that's that makes sense yeah. and i don't want to hamper my own deck's potential for that potential reality yeah. That being said, I think there is something along the lines of like there is a certain amount of just blatant irresponsibility that converts Dockside from oh Dockside is going to make a lot of mana to oh Dockside wins the game no matter what without any consideration ha 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 you've 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 done broken right <laughs> um I I understand what you're saying because like every Every time Blue Farm, I've seen this happen where it's the difference between like uh, Dockside past turn, I will win next turn. Mwahaha, curl mustache. And Dockside, play Timna, play Krom, play other thing, go to combat, draw a bunch of cards, super protected win. It, it's a yeah, really different I, reality I mean, and, and it's a play pattern. And this is again kind of why yeah. I'm just like, hey, every white deck in existence, like this fucking uh, Winota deck. Just Blind obedience. Blind obedience. I know I'm holding this. Manglehorn's like, busted. I think let's, let's talk about Manglehorn for a second. Opener, and it yeah. looks like I'm just like, <laughs> shaking a knife around. But like honestly, people need to play yeah. that fucking card. It's the goat yeah. in everything. No, but like for like on that note, like uh, uh, in all actuality, Manglehorn has been like goaded yeah. lately, and I feel like that card is just being underplayed for sure. Manglehorn in, in fucking. Uh, like it just oh, but it doesn't hit an enchantment. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I love when you get so flustered that you're just like, I, 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 it's, it's just stupid people. Like <laughs> it's because I have so many. It because what happens when that happens? Let me. All right, here we're gonna get deep into the minor Callahan here. So box gal. So box gal. Basically, what happens when I like stumble over my words and I can't find what I'm saying, and it's just like. Uh, 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 and it sounds like you're just quickly changing radio stations is I have so many thoughts concurrently that I'm unable to find the one to say. (laughs) No, that's like, that's like a pretty normal ADHD symptom. That's fine. I'm just, it's very funny when you get so passionately frustrated at, at players. (laughs) That's, that's the part that makes amuses me is when you're like, they're just so stupid. (laughs) I'll get them next time, Spider-Man. <laughs> it's just like, 
Kids these days don't even play the mangle horns. Kids these days don't even play the cards that win you the game. They just play that stupid breach card. Uh, it's just like true. There, there's so many things, and I know I've said this on this show so many times, but eat your goddamn fruits and vegetables. Like, come on. <laughs> like, if you're yeah. gonna be on these aggressive strategies like this, at least mm-hmm. have some deterrent. And mm-hmm. I like. I am all for like this Winota build for what it's worth. I love, I think it's a very interesting way to take it. I think that it is aggressive mm-hmm. and it gets around a lot of issues that because it has so many token enablers that you're just kind of like, eh, it's fine. Here's a window or here's mm-hmm. a bunch of creatures. And so like, mm-hmm. I think that is a good strategy and is super viable on the same mm-hmm. hand, play blind obedience for Christ's sake play something yeah. that helps disrupt i'm not asking you to be on null rod i don't think you need to do that i'm not asking you to be on graph digger's cage i don't like obviously don't do that i'm not asking you to be on like collector oof in your green decks all i'm asking you to do is include really good disruption pieces that mm-hmm. don't bother you at all like they don't impact you just just play them that's it just play just play the cards play the cards why is that hard why is playing good cards such a fucking battle that i come on this show and i have these rants because that's how i feel about it is it's just like i'm begging people to just play good cards <laughs> like i spent months months Trying to convince people to that Shieldred was worth trying and made an impact. And everybody's like, no, nah, it doesn't do enough. It's only two life. And then they sit down and they're at start at 38 life and draw cards and get attacked once. And suddenly they're at 10 and like, oh, fuck, I can't use this Nas in my hand. And it's like, yeah, no shit. That's why we had a guy this weekend who. Played out. I had a shielded out and he had a Ristic study. And literally, me and the other two opponents saw that. And all of us knew we were going to feed the ever living fuck out of this Ristic study. We're not paying for a single mm-hmm. trigger. And guess what? Mm-hmm. He just drew himself into death. Like it made no fucking sense. And I just, okay, I'm better. I'm good. <laughs> I. <laughs> That was everything I wanted from today's episode. <sighs> like you've ranted a couple times on the podcast. I don't know if I've seen you pop off on a podcast episode quite like that. Yeah. It Do you feel better? Do you want like a cigarette? <laughs> I really do. We were talking about mango um jewels the other day. Oh no. Because uh, we're we're watching the the pot the like the Netflix documentary about out about jewel mm-hmm. and i they were talking about the the mango ones i was like damn i really do miss those <laughs> it's just like it's probably not a great yeah. thing um also funny update i did just get a text from lua going oh my eminence deck is wrong and then i panicked but then they admitted it was on their end <laughs> i was like cool amazing. i didn't want to out my partner and uploading the wrong deck list so that's amazing. good that it was not their fault <laughs> oh my goodness but uh no it, it, it like honestly just just play good Play, play good cards guys play they're just they're so generically good and they don't impact you just 
Being obedient. Fucking. We'll keep. We'll stop. You know that whole uh, man. I I'm feeding a dark side approach, right? And uh-huh. I'm I'm worried that somebody's just gonna win with it. Guess what? The inner tapped. Who gives a shit? Like just fucking. <laughs> I like the the fuck it we ball argument. It's good. I'm physically hot now. <laughs> I like broke into a sweat. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> My skin is okay. wet. Okay. Like, <laughs> oh my god. I don't do that very often. Yeah, I don't I, do that I very really, often I'm on the podcast. We have a, I should say I do that a lot in person. Yeah, um, I'm glad we have a, a moment for the the podcast audience that really sticks at it. You know, for like the the middle episode people, you know, people who are actually like listening yeah, to the yeah, whole yeah. thing, like they're they're getting some good shit right now. They're they're, they're getting the good <laughs> stuff. Um, we hide yeah. it all the way at the end, and it's also a nice like window into what your life is like when I like call you. Because mm-hmm. I, I will call you and like That's rant true. about like yeah. something basically mm-hmm. like this or some bullshit, and it's very. A lot of my good friends are ranters. I'm noticing. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm thinking about you and Charles, and I'm like, man, I can leave the phone down and just be like, uh huh, and then <laughs> y'all. Like, the, the, the funny thing <laughs> is, though, is like, they're, they're, it's very funny because like Charles and I rant in very different ways, right? Like, yeah, like yeah, Charles yeah. will give you like a doctoral thesis argument mm-hmm. rant, sure. and I yeah. give you, I give you the fucking. They're turning the frogs that. gay. Like, <laughs> that's the energy I, I bring to my rants. <laughs> no, I, I think your your rant energy is like. It's it's the thing. It's all back to the planning the flag argument. You know what I mean? It's like this is our last <laughs> battle, and we will fight to the. <laughs> we will bleed them (laughs) we may die (laughs) many of you will die but no it's 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 funny because whenever i go on a rant like that i i always do feel myself being like i'll I'll internally be being like how you're one step away from alex jones chill like (laughs) uh woof I'm I'm just, you know, I'm the I'm the leftist. That's fine. <laughs> I just Yeah. I, I get it, it's the same type of stream of consciousness like ranting. Like is why I compare it that way because that's that that's how it is. Is it's very like stream of consciousness here is a rant. I'm angry mm-hmm. that they are they are turning the Winotas into not stack stacks mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. that the is that the cedh equivalent of that but is incredibly I'm less problematic um yeah yeah I, so. I mean my other thing with winota is like they play so many rule of laws that you're like yeah sure you can play your dock side and then wait a turn every rule of law that got played against me this weekend actively helped mm-hmm. me or another player out I think Winota's the exception to the rule, but yeah, I, I get that for sure. 
Winota, you play the creature ones, right? And they just add to the yeah. total and they're just kind of like passive value. But like, I, yeah. I, I think a really good example is like in that that game with the, the shielded I was talking about. The mm -hmm. like rule of law I was actively happy about. And yeah. then when it got removed, I was like, cool, here's the time to like move. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those things that I think unless your deck is very specifically designed to take advantage of rule of law in ways that other decks cannot, like Winota is a great example of that. You yeah. Playing rule of laws is not good magic. How I feel about it. I don't think they're good. Yeah. It, it, it just, I don't think they're good. I've seen them hand too many games away to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, now I'm just double checking this list to make sure the rule of laws are in there. They are. They are. They are. They're playing. They're playing all of the creature ones, and then uh, the either or the what's yeah. the the non-creature one, and so it's like yeah. uh, they're not on the Phyrexian one, which also feels fine. But um, yes, no, you should not be on that in, in yeah, yeah. modern. Um, oh, I did a whole breakdown of this fucking deck and didn't even point out that they're not on Kiki lines. Yeah, I, it like this is very much a deck that is like I'm gonna beat your face in with a bat and like mm -hmm. in, and mad respect to it like i i i very much yeah. as somebody who loves that strategy mad respect but play but just eat just eat your fucking fruits and vegetables play a blind obedience it's not that hard take out the thalia that is actively bad and put in the blind obedience that is actively good yeah i'm with you zealous conscripts with no kiki is a wild thing it's fine. It's just a free get control of something. Yeah. Like you're not playing it because it's a combo piece. You're playing it because it's just kind of free, right? Oh, like, I 100% am playing it because of the combo piece. Well, yes, <laughs> but I'm I'm saying here it's just kind of free to play. But uh sure, sure. Uh any other interesting decks from this weekend that you uh really huh. Dargo Thras really had a good weekend. Uh, Dargo Thrust kind of just disappeared for a little mm -hmm. bit and then popped up this weekend and was like, Hey, don't forget yeah. about us. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, so shout outs to uh, the the Taveshes in the open yes. for some reason went off. There were three Tavesh decks in the top 16, there was two Krom Tavesh and one Thrasios Tavesh, which I was just like, What this is a thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, and not like I've seen it before, don't get me wrong, but like just not frequently. Um, so I was a little bit shocked with that. Um, <clears throat> that's about it for those though. Like the, the Devesh presence was interesting. Just I, I did least. think it was interesting. Um, um the, I, I talked about this on, uh, the Twitter breakdown of it, but, yeah. uh, the non rog side Grixis decks are on average performing more consistently well than rog side. Yeah. And I'm just going to put that out in there. Rogside <laughs> players. I know I have a nice home in your heads. And uh, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It, it, the thing is, every time someone makes the argument of like, oh, well, you know, Zane's been doing so well with the deck, right? It's like, okay, so like that might be a really good deck for Zane. But every other Rogside player I know is like, yeah, this deck feels unplayable right now. So, yeah. Um, 
And, you know, they aren't saying it that explicitly, but every time they go to an open tournament, they're like, no one ever lets me do anything. They always think I'm going to got our rock side player in the game that I was playing against rock. Like turn three, he was at one life and had been flashing an ad nauseum in his hand the entire game. And I was just sitting there like holding up counter magic because I knew he had a ad nausea in his hand. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, I'm not good. We made sure we killed him very quickly. Um, Yeah. As you should. And it was just like, I, 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 I stand by this. I, I've, I'm going to save this for next week when we, when we do our power. Cause I, I have a lot of thoughts about the deck. I do think it's good, but I do think mm-hmm. that there is a lot of hype around the deck that needs to just be, y'all need a way to blanket. Just go take a nap. Um, <laughs> it, it's fine. Um, mm-hmm. you know, um, I also think we would be doing a disservice to uh, not shout out Kai. Dude. Made yeah. war with Narset. That Narset deck is sick. It's definitely sick. I always ask Kai, like, how do you win if your Breach gets exiled? And he goes, yeah, they're Breach. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is <laughs> like, you don't. Like, <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, uh, well, there's also, funny enough, pull from eternity. In the- yeah. Like, that's that's one I have not thought about uh, in a very, very, very long time. But honestly, I think this is literally like if there was a list that plays Pull from Eternity, I think it is this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's really neat. Um, I am quite like proud of Kai because Kai has been doing like. Kai has just been very insistently playing this deck across a lot of tournaments and he doesn't always do well with it but he sticks with it and and it just that consistent sticking with it like it makes me want to go back to like just pounding the pavement with Arden um a little Mm -hmm. bit because it's like you know I know something's there and it's just like you know stick with it man Mm -hmm. uh but I think well Kai's Kai's always been a pretty good player Um, are you saying I'm not but but has not really like are you oh. saying i'm not no but, but not even close to right <laughs> uh but has like never really like had the results to like consist like the consistency right. results but as soon as guy picked up this deck been significantly 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 way more yes. results so like clearly clearly you found a niche you know uh take a lesson from wounded satellite play one deck forever uh and <laughs> just let it happen yeah, you know it's it's cool. I love the deck. Uh love Kai and good to see it doing well. Um deck is really cool. Also, just again, Richie, I I, I thought I, I my brain was like, we haven't talked about this, but uh we definitely did. But honestly, dude, just mm-hmm. Richie's Crark Silas deck. It's so cool. Yeah. Big congratulations. And also need to make sure that I cannot understate this enough, but the Kedis Malcolm deck. Like I, I said this on Twitter, but you know, we, we talked about, we, we, we saw all of these meta decks go into this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then none of them made the top four except Sisse. And it feels weird to call Sisse a meta deck. Right. So it's like, it feels like the meta is in a very open spot. I know that there is mm-hmm. some amount of, you know, like you said, with this tournament where it felt like there were some bad plays happening. But overall, I think that it mm-hmm. this has kind of felt consistent over a string of tournaments. 
is that a lot of stuff is viable and that feels really good to feel or like say and think about. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot of stuff that is like very playable right now, Uh, which isn't always the case, which is pretty cool. So I think uh, the, the format's still open. I still think it's, the format is not as open as it could be, and Bowmasters is 100% responsible for that. Um, <clears throat> I wish it wasn't here, <laughs> uh, to be honest. I still think it's a scourge on the format, but as of right now, it's you know, we're still able to have a certain level of diversity present, which is really nice. Yeah, um, that is not always. The I, I do uh, also think that some of the diversity is a little tamped down by the ever like the. Uh, what's it called? The pervasiveness Loud of Dockside. And, yeah, sure. you know, I think Dockside kind of homogenizes a lot of stuff. Um, and I would be very interested to see what happened if Dockside was banned. I'm not excited about it because it would kill several of my favorite mm-hmm. decks, but like, uh, you know, it is. Yeah. I, I, I think Dockside is a card that, you know, my, my stance on this, and not to get too into the weeds on it, but I kind of feel like, you either have to unban prime time and give green like a, a, a bone or you need to ban dock side mm-hmm. because they're the same card in my opinion. And one is much more egregious than the other. Um, oh, and yeah. so I, I feel like and it, for, for those who can't figure out which one is the egregious one, it's dock side, not prime time. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I, I think you either ban both or you unban one. Right. And it's, that's how I feel about it. And and for what it's worth, I am much more a proponent of unbanning prime time than I am a proponent of banning Dockside. I would love to see prime time get unbanned. Yeah, I like. That's really interesting. I don't know. I like. This is the, I haven't thought about that comparison, but Dockside is definitely more egregious yeah. in a lot of circumstances. Yeah, it is much more offensive than prime time has or ever was. Honestly. Uh, and in all like like the 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 thing about dockside that I think is the the part that there's this interesting narrative that it's a it's a CEDH card, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets play in all levels of of commander, yeah. and it the the narrative that it is only a CEDH card is like that is true about Thassa's Oracle. It's not true about right. Dockside. And mm-hmm. I, I think that is a very important thing to remember. Uh, and again, this is not an argument for banning Dockside. This is an argument for unbanning prime time. Like it's mm-hmm. it's very much I think a I like less ban, generally speaking. Um, yeah. But I could do a whole thing about ban. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what are your kind of final thoughts about the weekend? Kind of closing uh, thoughts closing thoughts closing thoughts um it was a i guess we didn't even talk about like the most controversial thing for this tournament which was the finals match um mm-hmm. well, i didn't watch the finals match i was on the road no the format of the oh finals the format oh. <laughs> yeah um so for those who don't know it was a best of two mm-hmm. finals um Meaning that, like, there's a solid chance that the finals match could either be like 90 minutes or eight hours. And there's really no uh, determining that. For, for, for those curious, best of two, meaning like, first you play two. until one person has. 
two yep. wins. Right. First first person to two wins. Um so there's a world where you play five untimed games in the finals. Um <clears throat> and that also creates scenarios where people will spite play mm-hmm. because, you know, say uh for example, let's talk about this weekend, right? So say Kai wins game one, right? Uh and then Richie is uh, in a situation where next game Kai is about to win, Richie can't pay for this pact obligation in hand, but Richie doesn't want to, you know, lose the entire tournament. So Richie goes, okay, yeah, well, I'll pact obligation Kai's win and, and King make the next person because I don't want to give Kai the second win. Right. And then that happens like three more times until one, you run out of people to King right. make <laughs> and feel safe. Right. Uh, and it's it just, it's an awkward format. Uh, the time thing is huge, right? Once again, you could you could probably I mean, so we literally played an entire league like this uh, two years ago, right? Um, and literally, I had one day. Once again, ninety minutes. One day, the week afterwards, it took eight and a half hours, right? Like, <clears throat> it's just not. You just can't. There's no logistical way to like make it actually mm-hmm. happen. It's just awful, <laughs> uh, truly. So, yeah, I I I do not like that. Also, I I think. Yeah. So my biggest critique of the the Invitational is that I think it should have been online. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that doing a tournament series online and then having the finals be in person makes sense. Yeah. I think it alienates so yeah. much of people yeah we lost a lot of european yeah. players who are very good, uh, sure. and even some american people who just can't make it can't and it. Yeah. i think that if you're going to make it uh if you're going to do this invitational thing and you want it to be in person then you got to have in-person events to lead up to it and if you want to have an online tournament then it needs to be an online invitational and i think that's fine and i'm all for that i'm all for both of those things but i think the in person invitational and i also think it's important to note you can do a mox masters open and an online invitational like they do not have to be exclusive to each other um yep. i think it is very important to but that was but like i said this to ryan that was my biggest critique of the event was i don't like the uh you know the you have all of this build up to it and then like a mm-hmm. big chunk of your players that are qualified can't make it. Um, that's yeah. It sucks. Yeah, that's it really the biggest sure. knock I have on it. Um, mm-hmm. But overall I loved it. It was great to see Ryan. It was, mm-hmm. you know, the open went really well. I really liked the open yeah. format and uh, mm-hmm. want to shout out the judging staff who I thought did an incredible job. Um, awesome. Very. I think sure. one yeah. of the things, and this is something that I've said about, uh, I, I said this while we were at the event, is I really like the choice to have uh, Aerosmith as the uh, Michael Aerosmith, for those who are not familiar with him, one of the preeminent judges in the Magic community, uh, having him be your head judges head judge for the event uh, is mm-hmm. very, 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 very. very he mm-hmm. does not put up with bullshit, and we saw that time and time again over the weekend, where he mm-hmm. just was like, "Nope, nope, nope, this is what it is," and he's reasonable, but also just doesn't put up with bullshit. And uh, mm-hmm. it was great to see that from the judging staff, uh, especially after having like a couple experiences with some really questionable um, recent. Mm-hmm. So uh, good on you, Eminence. Good on yeah, you playing with power. That was a great event. 
really loved it. Um, I will say, I don't think he made this call, but there was definitely some judge controversy in the tournament that uh, did determine who made the final. Yeah, match. <laughs> I, 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 I think they're, you know, obviously judges aren't perfect. And I, and I say this about like, you know, like referees mm-hmm. in sports are kind of the same way, right? Where it's like there are going to be times mm-hmm. when referees make mistakes on the field and it's going mm-hmm. it, it to impact the outcome. But I think as a group overall, it was pretty well done. Um, and I, I very much appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's that. Uh, we've got Atlanta coming up. This is the next big event. And then mm-hmm. it's kind of quiet for a bit, which is kind of nice. Yeah, uh, it's been super busy uh, over the summer mm-hmm. months and uh, heading yeah. into. I'm hoping there's some sort of like online tournaments coming in December yeah. and stuff like that at the very least. Cause I, I like, I, it's been crazy as far as like, we've had big tournaments, yeah. right? Like it's been all of the big tournaments of the year have been within the past month basically right. right like there was a time twister tournament a time twister tournament and then the 10k invitational right so like there was a lot of big stuff in a row and i just and then there's an 8k coming up right next month and i kind of just want like a, a tournament where i'm like cool i can bring a cool deck and not be like man i'm throwing a couple thousand dollars right. the pipeline right <clears throat> so. yeah definitely agree with you um mm-hmm. you know if you would like to sponsor by the way either ian or myself or both go to Atlanta and uh, brand. You can reach out to us mm-hmm. and hit us up. Uh, e- email either of us. And uh, yeah, we'd love to do that. Um, also, speaking of which, uh, make sure mm-hmm. to head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Vine Sculptors mm-hmm. and get that. Uh, help us out. We've got some new patrons who have been joining recently and we really appreciate that. Ian and I are planning to the start of the year have the patreon kind of more active uh have actual have an actual patron like system that isn't just Mm -hmm. there uh so Mm -hmm. keep on the the lookout for that it's like we want to do it right um and and ian's been busy and now that things are kind of quieting down where we actually have time to be like Okay, right. how do we do this? Um, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that is something to keep on the radar. And then uh, also, Ian, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, put your co- coaching hat on for me. Uh, we got Coach Ian here. Um, uh, um, hey, it's me, <laughs> Coach <laughs> Comedian MTG. <laughs> now, hi, everybody. I'm going to get uh, you a hat. This is the one. Like a just a black yeah. hat with a white text that says yeah. Coach Ian on it, um, mm-hmm. or, or it. we can get you like uh, uh like a like a Deion Sanders like branded like like how he has like okay. Coach okay. Prime like we can get you like a Coach Coach. Sure, Ian. I know what you're talking about. Definitely. <laughs> all right, all right. Here, let me let me do a, a little bit of a stinger. Oh, hey everyone. Uh, while we're here, this the very serious part of this episode in which I seriously pitch coaching. Uh, but no, for real. Um, hey, like I have pretty good record at these things. Uh, won two of the three tournaments this month. Um, so if you're interested in being coached by someone who uh, has has done pretty well in the CDH format, you should uh, come check me out. There's also, you know, uh, I've been doing a lot of brewing sessions lately with people, which is really nice to kind of get back to that part of the coaching. 
um, where I, I played, uh, did a coaching session with somebody where I was helping them tune their five color Garuda deck yesterday. Um, and they were like, yeah, I don't know. I come to you cause you seem to get really excited about cool stuff. And I was like, I'm very excited about this very cool thing. Um, so like, yeah, if you're interested in any of those, uh, processes, feel free to reach out to me, me at mtggmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, discord, all those places. Yeah. And my other channel, obviously, uh, youtube.com slash at comedian mtg the, the funniest <laughs> YouTube channel on yes the funniest not funny youtube channel on the internet well how do you want to end this show there's a lot of different ways that we can do it we've done the abrupt stop a lot recently which i don't know that i think we, yeah. we i think we got to find something else yeah yeah no like i don't need, <clears throat> need that to be like our brand i think it's just like uh it worked yeah, you it, know it, it, for when we it, it, it. it did its job for a few it did its job it did its job you get it audience i can always threaten the audience (laughs) whoa go to the patreon i like that uh yeah yeah listen listen okay okay Okay. i got it i got it we do uh we do sort of like a a good cal bad cal kind of thing right look look this other like other cal over here because there's already enough cals in in cdh um Look, Cal, Cal's not going to cut you. Just go over to Patreon. They're, they're not going to freak out. They're not going to go on a rant like they did it before, okay? Um, but if you're the Spotify audience, apparently you're making us that cheddar, okay? Spotify audience, we love you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So to Spotify audience, keep being great. And if you're on YouTube, fuck those Spotify guys. I'm so sorry. They're just paying our bills. YouTube audience, stop being cheap. Go over to Patreon.com slash ComedianMTG and we won't have a problem, baby. You can know, or you or, or you know if you if you hate ads use youtube premium and then we get yeah. we get the ad ref from that though boom or hey hear me out hear me out go crazy here do both crazy. you know just uh, put that spotify and on lay it down on and the table. you can support the creators you yeah. like just 15 bucks I, I don't know why this turned into a like plug for youtube premium yeah we're, but YouTube uh, premium. yeah i think i think youtube needs to be lining our pockets for us to go well i mean they, they, they do line our pockets a little bit, but uh you know uh i, I but not in the, but not in the way where we should be plugging should their be plugging shit. youtube premium i will say though that when it comes out rev youtube premium does pay the bills so uh you know okay uh so on the other hand youtube premium is pretty hot maybe you, should, you, you know what actually actually <laughs> You fuckers Actually. who watch our podcast yeah. on YouTube yeah. with Adblock, yeah. specifically, uh-huh. fuck you. Yeah. Uh, specifically, actually, yeah, like, fuck that. Specifically, <laughs> fuck, fuck you. Because, um, like, you could do that on Spotify and and not really have to worry about it. So, like, specifically, Cal is right. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I get it. Listen, I understand ads are annoying. But there's a reason yeah. why I pay for no ads on Hulu, right? Right. I pay the extra money for yeah. that. Yeah. How, yeah. how do you think? Before listen, you can't show. just consume free content and expect to expect it to continue. That's not that, yeah. that. That's not how the world works. Yeah. You need money. I gotta pay that rent. That's true. So that they can continue to not fix my fucking elevator.